Let's begin now. Sometimes you gotta keep things secret. He said, I'm not snitching on myself. Chris? Not gonna happen? Nah. Come on! Nah, that's not how we roll. Okay. Welcome to After Hours. (laughs) I do love Carrington. I mean, he is like a brother to me. I've known him for like eight years now. It didn't start off that way, but sometimes friendships don't. You know, but yeah, he uh, he won't tell me what's the what's the weirdest or nastiest he got in a movie theater. I like to know sometimes people's nasty, you know, just the way it goes. I'm also struggling tonight with these headphones; they're not quite working right. Is it more one sided? But he has good ones. Is it more one sided? No, they're not any sided. There's there's zero sided. I have to like keep my are hand the, are here these on this. your headphones? Yeah, for sure. Target yeah. twenty bucks. Sony. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta invest <laughs> more money in them headphones. Yeah, not good. It's like I've never had to be this like precise with my fingers. Like I'm not left handed and I'm using the left hand for the mouse. But anyways, this is after hours on Six Ten Sports Radio. That is Chris Nusero. I'm Dusty Likens. Uh, thanks for tuning in. One second. Let's see if this works. Are these? Oh, gosh, yeah, there we go. I had to grab the white ones. That's not racism, Chris, or Sean Barber. Just mine didn't work. You Sean. just got to get you some good, a good pair. These are literally the same ones. They're just white. Yeah, you just got to get, get you a good pair. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Fair Put $100 down, get you a good pair. Yeah. Okay, so uh, after hours tonight, 6 to 9 p.m. here on 610 Sports Radio, Harold Koontz of Fox, uh, KCTV 5, sorry, KCTV 5, he'll join us. No, he's no, Fox. He's Fox he's I don't Fox. know what I'm doing. Sorry, Harold. It's <laughs> like the same news station <laughs> no, they, I've been they, on they, TV they, on. Yeah, they got, they got beef. No, no, yeah, it's Fox. Yeah. Yeah, Fox 4. Harold Koontz. The one and only. The one station that let me be on TV after saying that will no longer let me be on TV ever again. They're like, no? Way to, way to screw it up there, Dusty. You're just really shooting yourself you went, in the you foot went on tonight. Fox. You went on Fox? Yeah. Like, four, how, like three or four times. How'd you screw it up? Just now. I gave Harold Cooks oh. a wrong. Oh, no, that'd be, they're okay. cool. They're cool. All right. Yeah, they're I cool. didn't. They'll no, call the, you back. The only thing I thought was really weird that I said on live TV is I ate wings, and they got hotter and hotter and hotter until they got to, like, that sauce and wing that's, like, super oh, hot. Oh, they tried to do the hot ones there? No, they didn't try. They did. They did? Yeah, and they were, like, warning me ahead of time. Like, their, their producer was like, hey, just a heads up. These are, like, really dangerous. You might not want to, like... Uh, you don't have to do this. I don't. I don't want to have to get like a disclaimer out. And I was like, nah, it's fine. And then the the spice and wings guy was like, hey, just take a small bite. And I went. <laughs> I took like a huge bite, yeah. melted my face off. But prior to that, I ate like a mild one. And Kristen Holloway, who's a, an anchor out there, very very awesome, great person. Uh, I said on live TV, oh yeah, this sauce isn't that hot. It's it's so mild you could suck a finger. Live TV. So I heard about that one for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. didn't think I was ever coming back, but their producer, like, texted me, and she was like, I don't know why this is hilarious. I don't know if I'm going to get fired. 
uh, but still laughing about it. But that was how it went. So that's just, you know, that's 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 Dusty Likens in a nutshell. Yeah, that's not going to get you fired from a, a radio yeah. station or in trouble. I mean, uh, from a TV station or right. in trouble. It's going to be like a news clip everyone laughs about. Yeah. For sure. And you have then, to really do some terrible stuff to, to get thrown yeah. off of there. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta go like full Whitlock or something. Yeah, yeah, you definitely if you pull yeah. Whitlock, you're gone. Yeah. Um, no, but I did find out that the cure for hot, hot, hot stuff, they gave me a bottle of chocolate milk and a package of sugar. Yeah, milk is very good for that. Yeah. yeah. And milk. I don't really like to drink milk, but at that point yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah, milk is usually like the go-to. They were for... like, we're back in two minutes and we need to have you give a report on the game. And I was like, I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I was like, yeah, can we do something else besides eating hot wings? Because I want to give like good analysis and I can't do it when my mouth is on fire. So. I like to live on the edge a little bit. Yeah, I'm good. Two feet in the water. I just jump right in. I don't yeah, think I see the temperatures. I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you get Kristen Acero, Dusty Leggins tonight with you. Until uh, 9 o'clock, we'll have Harold Kuntz on uh, at 6.15. I want to talk about the Denver Broncos because the last time the Chiefs lost to this team, they brought in a Peyton that actually helped them out. They put up a historically good offense. They went to a Super Bowl and won. They went to a Super Bowl and lost. Um and then they brought in a different Peyton this year. And it's the complete opposite effect. It's been the wrong sort of Peyton. And I, I, I frequently tap into the Levitard show. And I found this clip of audio quite interesting because they talked about what the problem is for Denver. And it's not what you might think it is. What are they going to do about their situation? Because it would seem that they are proper bleeped there. It's not like that's going any of that's going to get Man. fixed. They're talking about Denver's going to trade everyone. Sertan's going to be worth something to somebody. Somebody's going to give up a first-round pick for Sertan because of the corner that, yeah. that he is. How do you fix what's happening in Denver? I don't know how you fix it. And I think this is like this is this is the thing that puts franchises in turmoil. Because honestly, Russell Wilson isn't playing that bad. I want I want to put that on record, right? There are plays, there are moments. Obviously, you don't it's you don't want to fumble late in the game for it to turn into a W for the other team. He's on pace for like forty touchdowns and eight interceptions. He's not playing bad. <laughs> yeah, Sean right? Payton is to a degree doing what he was brought there to do, which was Fix rescue Russell. Russell to it. He's not Russell's not helping them win, but he's not the reason that they're losing quite like last year. I agree, and and I and I think it is a cop out to start to point. Oh, we got to trade everyone. You start those murmurs. They are being out coached. And that should be the conversation. Anytime somebody puts 70 points against you, it does not matter who you have out there as a player. This is the NFL. I've played for some very bad teams. We know that. We've addressed that. We've talked about that times. at length. We address it too many times. And every time I'm on here, it's the first thing that comes up. Sorry. And even still, nowhere near close to losing by 50 points and having 70 points put up against us because there is parity. We're all on scholarship in the NFL. There is a level of just ability that even the worst teams have. So when you lose by that many and you get 70 put on you in this day and age, that is 100% coaching. So, yes, go look at the film and go say all those things. But the number one place you need to be looking is in the mirror and at your coaching staff and say, how do we allow ourselves to get that embarrassed because we got outcoached in every phase of the game? And so how do you fix it? You either get your coaching staff right you get yourself back on the same page and you prove that the NFL football game has not passed you by because it looks like it is moving a lot faster and at a pace that Sean Payton can't keep up with. So I think we can both agree that I think that the game has officially passed Sean Payton by, right? Like we all saw what happened last week. The Jets beat him. But by the way, this is Russell Wilson's numbers so far in the season, a 106.1 QBR, 
1,210 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, and two interceptions, 66.9 completion percentage. Now, a lot of that is in garbage time. And Denver is not good. Denver is a team in which I think their head coach has got a lot of kind of what-ifs on his resume, right? Like, he was part of the... Craig Williams, scumbag, I want to kill a quarterback in the middle. Like, literally, just, they said, what was the quote? Like, a dragon can't live, you cut its head off, something like that. And they acted like Brett Favre was that guy. Brett Favre, another story these days. Um, but Sean Payton was out of the game, was an analyst for a while, and makes these comments about the Jets, and now he's trying to coach a team, and he gets house 70-20. to 20. He has a 1-4 record. They're, they're not playing football the way that I think people think that you should play football in the NFL. And again, it's the coach. And not only that, but the worst thing that you could possibly see for a coach, which thankfully you never have to worry about this in Kansas city is when you're not good and people don't believe in you. And those people are your teammates and the players that represent your team and represent you don't believe in you. You lose the locker room. And the biggest thing that you could possibly lose is your entire locker room. James Palmer of the NFL Network had this to say yesterday on NFL uh, on NFL Network. Guys, I was at that Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. It's a credential I'll save. I'll probably put it on the wall and think about it often moving forward. And it's true. You look at the Denver Broncos and being there yesterday, the sense that I get from players in that locker room is a potential teardown is coming. That's just the way some of these players feel. Ian, you had a report yesterday about Frank Clark that I've heard similar things. There are thoughts in that locker room to where changes could start happening in terms of this roster before the trade deadline. Now that they sit at one and four. Randy Gregory, guys, that move, that release, and then ended up being a trade, being in that locker room last week, that's what really shook up this group. If you ask my opinion, talking to players, it was, okay, now Sean Payton's going to come in and start doing things his way in a sense. What happened in this game on the field was once again a tale of two halves. They haven't been able to put a full game together. Sean Payton upset about not running the football in the second half. They come out of halftime, guys, five straight possessions, negative 18 yards total. That doesn't that happen very often in the NFL, and that's, uh, that's not going to get you a lot of happy guys in your locker room. It was just an ineffective offense and a defense that has had an inability to stop the run at a historic level. Uh, so far this season. Sean Payton, game passing by. I can't. I'm not ready to say that. Too soon? Yeah. I think. 70 to 20? Here's what I think happened. Loss of the Raiders? I believe that Sean Payton was way overconfident when he took this job. I mean, oh, yeah. I think all of us, you know, have been saying this entire time, this is a terrible job to take. Shouldn't yeah. shouldn't have took the Denver job because that's a lost cause. It wasn't just Nathaniel Hackett last year. There was a lot of things going on there. A lot of things are Russell Wilson, a lot of things internally. Their general manager, George Patton, is terrible. He's an awful general manager, should not be around very much longer. And they're really in this tough spot where they needed someone to come in and be able to work with the damage that they've already done and try to use what they have to remedy the situation. And Peyton came in and he was like, Oh, I'll fix it. It'll be good. You know, I don't, I don't care. You got, I'll fix this team. And the problem is, is the damage was already done. The minute they brought in Russell Wilson and mm-hmm. traded all that draft capital. Mm-hmm. And it was also really done when they paid him all that money. Cause now they have less financial flexibility And then last year, they traded away Bradley Chubb, who's by far their best pass rusher, even though there was question marks about him because he had been uh, he had injury issues. And now, you know, he's in Miami. So what great players are you building around? 
uh, you know, on this team because Jerry Judy's not a reliable player. He's good, but he's not reliable. Randall Gregory's gone. Yeah, Greg Gregory's gone, and he was never reliable to right. begin with. He wasn't even reliable in Dallas. So don't know where Sutton's at. Yeah, Sutton hasn't shown up this year. I mean, who do you have to rely on besides Sertan? Nobody. So it's like at oh, it, he's team. Getting traded too this year. Oh yeah, he's definitely getting traded. He's definitely getting traded for like a first. Oh yeah. But like the problem was that I think he was overconfident in mm-hmm. his ability to fix the team. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was any way he was going to fix that team this year. How much of his career is biased because he had Drew Brees? Like prime Drew Brees. Here's the thing. I think every great coach in the NFL doesn't become great unless you've got great players. Like That's just how it is. Like Bill Walsh, he had Joe Montana. <laughs> like I mean, Bill Belichick had Tom Brady, Andy Reid. I mean, he's had Donovan McNabb and Patrick Mahomes. But he also um, brought back Alex Smith. Brought back right, Vick. right. But he they they were never contenders with Vic or, or Alex Smith. They, they were, were just in the playoffs. But like the thing is, is one divisions. Yeah, but you you were never really a championship contender with those guys. But like the the thing is, like all these great coaches we look at generally have great Hall of Fame level players on their squad. Sure. So like I'm not gonna so I, I I'm not gonna go out here and say like Drew Brees made his career or anything, but like mm. he thought I think he overestimated what Russell Wilson had left. And I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why right now they're one and four. Right. Harold Koontz on the other side, Chris Nusero, Dusty Likage, you listen to after hours on six ten sports radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back here on After Hours, 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens with you all the way until 9 o'clock. Chris Nocero hanging around too as well. Um... Somebody said it sounded like I was a mile away from the microphone. That's because I was for like you were for like you a were. hot minute. Your face was a way away from that microphone. I had to figure out the microphones, man. You know. And uh, now, as we, I'm starting to do this, as we call this uh, local Tuesdays. We do uh, we do local interviews with local people. Harold Koontz, welcome to the show. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing tonight? What's so funny about that? Are you mad that he said that you were at KCTV five instead Come of Fox on. four? I didn't even hear that, but okay. he did. I'm hanging up. I'm I just wanted to check. I just wanted to check, Harold. I just wanted to make I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I did not hear that, but now that I am, I'm hanging up the phone. My <laughs> gosh, the disrespect. No, yeah. I'm joking. It's all right. Yeah, I, I, told you, I, I told you the news stations be beefing, though. I dare you to hang up. No, there's no beef. Yeah, be, no, you, no, you don't have the you don't have the front herald. I know y'all be beefing. No, no, there's no. There's I know no, y'all be beefing. Honestly, yeah. No, honestly, there's no beef. Like honestly, y'all be giving each other dirty looks in the Chiefs locker room. No. Yeah. Man, we ain't got time to give each other dirty looks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know who's getting. I know who's getting the dirty looks in that locker room. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, Harold is Sean Payton overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated? Perfectly rated. A uh, guy who should have never returned to coaching mm. and should have just stuck with commentating. That's exactly how I would think a perfectly rated coach should be. Somebody that just came out of the shell, think, oh, I can do this. This wasn't like a Mike McCarthy situation or even a Doug Peterson situation where they took a year off but continued to study film. He talked and talked and gabbed and gabbed. And let's be real here. Even in New Orleans, toward the tail end, he had no real idea what he was doing. He hadn't really developed a decent quarterback. I mean, Drew Belize kind of fell into his lap, but he hadn't he had a developed a really good quarterback. I mean, what are you going to say, Jason Hill, Taysom Hill's one? No. So, like, it's it's exactly where he is. The fact that he's got Vance Joseph still on his defense. I looked it up. Uh, Patrick Mahomes 
led offense, I think has averaged about 27 points um, on, on a Vance Joseph led defense. So it's, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> One eighth of your season. And you said, all right, we're the other team's going to score 27 points. So yeah, that's exactly where he is. He's perfectly rated. That's where he should be. And, and they're basically getting what they deserve. The only thing that's different about it is Russell Wilson is playing slightly better. Mm-hmm. Um, but defensively it was, malpractice to keep Vance Joseph on. It's just what it is. Why do I get Urban Meyer vibes with Sean Payton? Well, like, are they in the I same mean, group? Are they, I mean, I know Urban no, Meyer, he gets handsy in college bars and he's kicking players. Yeah. They're not, he's not that low, but he's kind of like in that same like Venn diagram where there's like good coach, bad coach, gray area. No, it's, I mean, nothing's going to compare to the Urban Meyer NFL experience. I mean, the only thing worse than that in my lifetime is Bobby Petrino. Mm. Uh, I know Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz was NFL bad, so it's like Chip Kelly. I mean, as much as we talk about how bad he was, like at least he made the playoffs one year. Right. Like college, college coach to NFL coach is incredibly hard, simply because in college you have complete control, and in NFL you have control over not much of anything. (laughs) So that's just it's it's not even the same really genre uh, of, of football coaching. I mean, some have made the tra- transition nicely, like say like Jimmy Johnson, say like uh, Barry Switzer, mm-hmm. um, you know, but yeah, it, it, that's a hard transition. So it, it's, it's really hard. Do you, do you need to see Travis Kelsey on the field Thursday night? Or would you rather him just, if he's not a hundred percent, just stay off the field? I don't need to see Travis Kelsey on the field, but, Travis Kelsey needs to see Travis Kelsey on the field. And I think his opinion is more important than all of ours. Uh, The only other opinion that might be more important to Travis is on this topic is Rick Burkhalter, uh, (laughs) basically telling Andy Reid, no, at all costs, no. And I think the way Travis sees this is, look, he's going to play. He wanted to play in the Lions game. You could tell just by looking at the sideline. I'm there in Minnesota, and I'm fixated on this guy running 10-yard stop, 10-yard stop, down the sideline, saying it, it's almost there. It's almost there. I'm like, I'm more I'm more focused on that than I am the game mm-hmm. because it's just like this guy's – like you, you think when the turf came out um, under him, you would think, okay, something's wrong. But then you're like, okay. Then they announce it as ankle, and I'm like, oh, okay. If it's ankle, he might try to give this a go because it's going to be taped up and he's going to be ready to go. So it's, it's, really, a, it's really a fascinating scenario with him to just – you don't question the toughness anymore. Right. You really don't. You just sit there and you're just like, all right, man, look, you're going to do what you do need to do. There's something highly motivating you that only you know about, and it's just on display for the whole world. So uh, compliments to him for continuing to go out there and wanting to do it. I mean, I thought maybe they'd just sit him up for the rest of the game, period, just as a precaution. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was on that turf after the game, and I'm like, this – this is the slip. This, I mean, they call it slip turf for a reason. Like it's, it's slippery out there. It reminds me of some high school stadiums with a turf. Mm-hmm. So one Minnesota is changing that turf. Good. They'll change it for next year. And I get, it. if you're in a dome, you want to play on turf, what have you, but simply put, yeah, I, I commend Travis for going out there and, and, and wanting to do that. I mean, that, that's something, I mean, what did you guys think? Like when you're out there, like seeing that, I'm like, why is he doing this? Cause I mean, I'm not watching the TV angle, but I'm definitely like, okay, I'm just fixated on Travis, something that probably they aren't showing on TV, but sure enough, TV's showing it, so I don't know how it looked on TV, but 
I'll leave that up to you guys to explain, but how was that? I don't know. I see non-contact and my heart stops. Like the first thing I did is went straight to Twitter and was like, if it's serious, go get Kyle Pitts. That's how I looked at it. Cause I was like, man, I saw his face and like Travis Kelsey doesn't really ever show anger unless it's at like another team. Um, and as soon as he was down and like, you saw how he was at on the bench and like, you saw his demeanor and like his facial expressions to me, it screamed like either he re-aggravated that knee and he knew that the worst was a possibility. And then like you, like I saw him like running back and forth. And then he had the conversation with dad, which I mean is Andy Reed, where it was like, you know, like from watching the Netflix documentary of him and Mahomes, where it's like what they say, Mm -hmm. what they get figured out. And how do you feel? We'll get you back in there. And Andy Reid kind of hesitated to put him in there. But that's just kind of what I saw was like he just it kind of seemed like, you know, in his mind at the moment, he thought it was, you know, something severe. And then they show the slow motion. He's grabbing his ankle. And then it just, you know, goes in the locker room, comes back out. And then we hear the audio after the game that, you know, Mahomes is like, well, nobody was going to tell him. No, he was coming back no matter what. Yeah, I love I love the part where he says uh, he looked peeked in there, yeah. and it's like, yeah, Travis gets mean, <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, that's like your friend. Like, yeah. they, I mean, they've been with each other for seven years now, so it's like, yeah, Travis gets mean, but like, who does it? You know, it's your livelihood on the line here, and you're getting hurt. Who wouldn't be like, you know, if they get hurt, they're like, this could be serious. Right? Who knows how they're gonna feel? Like, you know for some guys it's career like you know you're on the fritz of whatever like if it's anybody on the chiefs other than say if you're you're safely a first string player you know maybe it's like i hope i'm not out for the year because there's incentives and everything but like you know think about everybody else below that then if you're out for the year then like you get passed up you you might have a job next year like that's just injury life in the nfl so i mean but for him to still think that way like i got a job on the line I got to play as hard as I possibly can. I can't do like, it's, it's just, I give him a lot of credit because I mean, frankly, he's like, they, they could have, they could conceivably have won that game without him in the rest of the lineup. I mean, mm-hmm. they would have had to make some hell of adjustments and it probably would have been Minnesota, maybe at the, you know, 20 yard line looking for the final shot of the game instead of something differently. But I mean, Minnesota self-inflicted themselves with timeouts and everything else, but it, it just, yeah, I commend him. I, I, that's all you can really say at this point. You just watch and you're just like, uh-huh, yep. I mean, you see him in the locker room. He's kind of smiling. He's happy that they won. I'm like, dude, your your ankle is messed up and you're not human because you're just like, I'm just glad we won. Like, I mean, yeah, you're going to the trainer. I get that. But, you know, you should still be the, like, you. we should not be seeing you. Right. But, yeah, you're just here, like, just hanging out. So, commend him, man. What's more impressive, the fact that this team is 4-1 and one and could potentially lock up the AFC West in two weeks or the fact that they have a top-five defense? Oh, it's top-five defense. Right. Um, absolutely. Uh, I don't think that's a question. Like The, the luxurious need to McDuffie combination at quarterback. Um, dirty. I asked, Willie Gay, dirty. I asked Willie Gay about this. And he literally responded, like, that's a stupid question, bro. Like, <laughs> they're everything. That's exactly what he said. Like, um, like he basically says, like, how dare you ask me about how, like, luxurious need and Trent McDuffie have impacted the defense. They've been everything. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've been talked to like this before. I remember during the Super Bowl, Chris Jones asked me. I asked him simply because it was award night. Mm-hmm. And I asked Chris Jones, you know, I asked Patrick the same question. So I'm asking you, what does Patrick Mahomes mean to you? And he said everything. And I was like, that's it? And he just looked at me like I was asking the dumbest question in the history of mankind. So I was like, oh, I, I mean, great reaction, but it's also like, you know, you don't have to make me look too much like a dummy. But, um, 
that that's how I feel that their development, like, you know, you talk to like Justin Reed who talks all the time and uh and then can we commend them for it, you know, Brian Cook, they're just like, Yeah, like you don't hear often the quarterbacks are the ones making their jobs easier. A lot of times it was Chris Jones is making the job easier. Now it's like with Jared the conversation is I'm not gonna say entirely shifted, but it's definitely LeJerry Sneed and Trent McDuffie, the trust to go out there and take the best receiver out of the field and just basically I'm gonna take you out man to man and then we can we can do the rest. You know, that's why we can bring the safety blitzes. We can bring everything else that they were doing uh very well, might I add, mm-hmm. around the second, third quarter there. So it's it's definitely a, a interesting situation. Their development as a one two has been crazy. I mean, I know Lajarius is on a rookie contract a rookie um contract year which, as the great Therese Paler said, is always undefeated. Mm-hmm. So now you just got to look at, you know, and, and let's remember this. Even when Patrick Mahomes, before the season even began, back in St. Joe, you know what he was saying? He was like, yeah, we need to save up some money for, and he mentioned Legereus Sneed by name. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the big cue that, like, somebody in that room has said, this guy, 38, very important to our team, needs to be here if, 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 if he's getting paid, However many, three, four million, he needs eight or nine, like something, like he's a double right. pay. So, like, I think that's it. Like, you know, I saw I saw a joke on um, social media that said, like, you know, Legarius Need leaves. Steve Sagnolis just hand in his resignation papers. I was like, I mean, he wouldn't, <laughs> but it's kind of funny that like that's yeah. how much he means to this team right now. Right. What uh, and then we'll get you out of here in a couple of minutes. I want to ask you two more questions. What stood out the most to you in Minnesota and how that can pay it forward when it comes to playing this game on Thursday night against Denver? Uh, what stood out to me other other than Travis Kelsey's you know ankle, but yeah, and his ten yard uh, sprints, <laughs> his ten yard sprint. But honestly, like that's one of those like wins. Like there's always like a win or two in the NFL season that you don't think about toward the end, mm-hmm. but then you quickly realize, oh, man, boy, if we didn't pull that one out, who knows what would have happened. Like, I always say that about a few games. Like, there's a Detroit game a few years back. It was like, that was crazy. There's, I mean, there's always the Chargers games that seem to go, like, by a touchdown. There's always one of those few games you're just like, yeah, we should have won that game. It was a lot closer than we thought, but it's a message to them that the, the you can't take anything for granted in the NFL. And, and and that's what Minnesota is. I mean, Minnesota is a one in three, not one in four team without their top receiver. That's going to be on IR for the next four weeks. So, um, and also what I could take for this next game is that Charles and comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, kind of already saw some of the stuff already in the locker already getting ready. So it's mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, you, you, you're looking at it as a situation of like, they're going to get through this stretch that we thought might be tough. Of course, injuries happen. You know, Aaron Rodgers was Mr. Johnson. I guess that's what we're calling him. That guy sucks, he wasn't there. The he just um, yeah. I, I I don't I don't honestly care. I try not to think of COVID. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> COVID was like an Olympics ago. Like I don't yeah. care. Um, <laughs> like um, so like um, yeah. So anyway, the, he was out. And then of course the Broncos have not been anywhere near where they want to be with Sean. It, it's like. You know, the Vikings are not where they want to be. Like, the only game they lost to the Lions. And they could have conceivably won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and tra- they weren't playing with Travis or Chris. Right. So, it's like, yeah. And they and they haven't played their best yet. They, they can still sit there, like, straightforward and tell you, we have not played our best game yet. 
Right. And you can believe them because the statistics say that, you know, statistically Patrick Mahomes hasn't, hasn't been uh, nearly as, as good as he has been in the beginning of other years. Like, you know, he's such a good September, October guy. Haven't really seen that yet, even though he's doing really good. Like the Vikings game, 31, 41, you know, two touchdowns, good performance, solid performance. And you're thinking about like 31 to 41 with two touchdowns. And that's a solid performance. That was good. It's still better than darn near every quarterback in the league, except for maybe two right now. So I don't know what to tell you. They haven't hit their stride yet. Rasheed Rice is a guy that's growing into the game. I think Justin Ross, the introduction to him, not only the two catches, but he had four targets. He's got to catch the football. He knows that. But that's something we're like, they understand. They're bringing these guys into the fold, but they're learning quicker, and they've got to get that trust. Nobody's going to be – like, it's hard to watch Tra- Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, the trust they have. Uh-huh. out in the field that's second to none in the league right now there, there's no combination like that there's been maybe two comp i mean statistically there's only three better combinations in the history of the nfl like that so there's no reason to compare that especially in the andy reed offense so instead what you should do is be like oh these rookies are a little ahead of, ahead of schedule you know mm-hmm. it took sky Moore a long time to get it and he, you could argue he's still trying to get it um, but Rasheed and, and Justin are getting up there. It's the type of receivers they need. They're, they're bigger bodies. I mean, you forget sometimes Rasheed Rice is the same height and weight as one DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Justin Ross is a little taller. Um, they tried to make him like a Jody Fortson type type deal with the way, he, the way his packages is. They just haven't really brought him up to speed like that because, of course, he's a natural wide receiver. So that's, that's where you're headed now. That's where, that's where you see, and that's where you need to see the progress. And they have not hit their full stride yet, and it's a scary uh, situation to think about where they could be later in the year once they once they get all the pieces together. Fox 4's Harold Koontz working for you. Harold, real quick, 10 seconds. What's something you try that you'll never try again? Brussels sprouts. Okay, fair enough. Hey, uh, look forward to hearing from you again on a Tuesday night here in the future as we do these local Tuesdays. Take care, my man. Thanks for joining us always, and uh, have a good rest of your week. All right, man, and, and shout out to WDAF, you know, the call letters of uh, Fox 4. <laughs> Uh, he salty sure about that KCTV five yeah, call out last segment. He didn't know about yeah, it until your ass said something. I got to respect the people who pay the checks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I I, I full <laughs> on expected. I full on expected that. <laughs> All right, Harold. I'll, uh, I'll take it. Take it easy, man. Harold Coons, Fox Four. Uh, Harold Coons, that is. Uh, on the other side, some guys talk today that maybe you want to hear from uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Ross. Just a little quick snippet. We'll react to that. Plus, it's uh, it's after hours and 8 o'clock comes up here quickly. Then, you know, we'll do the out of left field question in a couple hours. But you're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. I mean, the other, the first song I played was older. I know. It's like taking a page out of your father's book here. No, this was, uh, I was in high school. I know, but DJing and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah my dad See, I remember. DJing. I've got a good memory. Kind. I have a good long-term memory. My short-term memory is trash. Yeah, that's, well, THC, brother. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm guessing that guy has never even seen a Brussels sprout because if they had done it right, they are excellent. No, they're not. Um, well, 
I, I agree with Harold. They're terrible. We'll get into that question a little bit later, uh, peep into uh, what we do at 8 o'clock tonight. But I thought it was interesting today that who – I don't know why I've started to do this, Chris, but I kind of like try to read between the tea leaves of who comes to the podium. I know it probably doesn't mean anything. I don't look into anything when it's Mahomes and Reed, right? Like that's just – and everything is kind of – like tomorrow when Andy speaks, it's basically what would Friday be. That's what tomorrow will be, just because you play on Thursday. Yeah. And today was interesting because, like, I thought it'd be, like, random Drew Tranquil and Trent McDuffie. And it was Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Ross. And I thought it was interesting on what Andy Reid had to say about Ross. Yeah, um, I think he's getting better. I mean, the young guys are, seem to be getting better every day. They have a chance. Um and, and so it's just a matter of experience, and there's one way of getting that, and that's getting tossed in there and, and um, you know, seeing how you do. So he's had, again, he's had a couple of real nice ones, and he's had a couple he'd like to have back, but hopefully grows from that and keeps it progressing like he has been. I would love to see more Justin Ross. And I know he was the hype man in preseason. Everybody wanted to, you know, is he going to make the Ross? Is he going to do this? And then he had a really nice catch on Sunday. I mean, that was the potential I'd like to see. And I know Andy Reid, he's got his options and he's got his plays and he knows what he wants and knows what he likes. And he's got the track record to trust it. And Justin Ross again spoke today and he had a little bit to say of what he wants, a little bit of piece of the pie. Oh, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's there with everybody. As I know, we rotate a lot of receivers, so everybody gets a little piece of the pie. So once you, once you get the opportunity, you got to make sure you're on the same page with them. And I don't think that it's one guy might be lesser talented than the other. And the way that I described this last night, Chris, with Nick Price, as we did the Monday show, was in the restaurant industry, and you can do this in any sort of industry that there is, there's roles and expectations, and there's people that have been there, and there's people that haven't, and there's people that are new that want to make their mark, and they want to make their stance be known. And in the restaurant industry, there's people that are what we call the veterans, that always close. They get the good sections. Why? They've proven it. They can handle it. And when stuff goes awry, they're able to focus, keep it going, stay afloat, not drown. And then there's new people that come along that maybe have experience other places, but they've never been here. Or their first time, this is the pros. And they're like, hey, I'd love to close. Hey, I'd love to close. Well, eventually those veterans or those older people or the people that have been there start to slip or they start to show you signs of aggravation and you throw somebody new in there. And then that person kind of shows you, oh, wow, they can't handle the pressure. They actually do do a good job. And I like where we're at when it comes to this. That's kind of what I want to see with Ross and Rice and those guys is maybe it is time to be like, hey, MBS, you know, I like your style, but you're good for like four or five games and a couple of clutch moments. I'm not taking anything away from MBS, but maybe it's time to throw a Justin Ross and a Rasheed Rice into somewhere unknown to see how they handle it. This seems like the perfect game to do that. I think that the Chiefs really should look at ramping up Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross. I think that we've seen enough from Sky Moore to get a good feel for what he is, and he's a guy who will occasionally make a play. But he has done nothing with the amount of snaps that he has, the amount of routes that he's run. He's done nothing to impress anybody with what he's shown. It's not like it's a it's a mat like last year you could make a case yeah it was a matter of him not getting enough looks. Uh-huh. This year there's no there's no excuse for that. He's not producing. MVS is MVS. This is who he is. He's a guy that is on the field a lot and he's a guy that is invisible a lot of the time. Justin Watson, 
He's good for like a couple of really good plays a game, Mm -hmm. but he is not a guy that you are going to throw the ball 10 times a game. That's just not going to happen. So right now of their wide receivers, Rasheed Rice has the most targets on the offense right now of their, of their wide receivers. He has the most targets on the team. Watson leads in yards. Yeah. And so it's like at this point now, I want to see Rasheed Rice now get more touches. Mm -hmm. I want him to be on the field more because if, if he's not playing that many snaps and yet he still leads the team in targets aside from Kelsey, mm-hmm. then that says a lot about what Mahomes thinks of him. And then you look at Justin Ross and Justin Ross is a guy that gives Mahomes a lot of room for error when he throws the ball to him. Cause he doesn't have to throw the perfect pass. He can just throw it in his vicinity. And because he's so tall and so long and has a great catch radius, he's going to go up and be able to have a great chance of getting that ball. Right. So if I'm Andy, I'm starting to look at ramping those guys up and getting them more snaps on the field because the guys ahead of them are getting a lot of opportunities and aren't doing much with it. No, I do like Ross's ceiling. Yeah. I mean, I think at this the point now, got that ball and got two toes in on the sideline. Let's me know that like, there's your corner end zone threat. Yeah. And here's the thing is yards out that like, it's not like they're playing perfect. I mean, they're dropping passes sure. or whatnot, but like, I would much rather have guys who are getting open but aren't using the most of those opportunities than guys who just can't get open. Because, like, there's clearly issues with Mahomes and MVS where Mahomes doesn't quite trust MVS. And on top of that, MVS, even though he's been in the offense now for almost a year and a half, doesn't quite seem to understand what Mahomes wants. And I think that's cost him opportunities to to get passes to him. So it's like if that's not working with MVS – and Sky's not really able to get open, uh-huh. then get it to the guys who give you a little bit more room for error and have the potential to be impact players after the catch. Right. Yeah. Somebody asked a question. I'm, or what's it say? If not, it's all good. I'm sure y'all get a lot of those requests. I don't know what that request was. I never got a text for that. But uh, let me know. Uh, coming up on the other side, I do want to dive into a little bit of this, which is the next three weeks. I know I don't like to count my chips or. You know, they asked a question. You don't you don't count. I think it was Justin Riesta. You don't count the chicken before the egg when it comes to video watching for other opponents. But I do want to get into the next few weeks because there is something very significant that can happen with the next three opponents, which are all division opponents. Listen to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. segment in the six o'clock hour i got a lot of people reach out to me uh, about fantasy football on sunday not bad they were just like man at first i thought your voice changed i was like no i was out of town had some stuff happen with some friends had to go you know be with them and uh kristen acero who'll be here again on sunday so um man you got a busy sunday this week there is a ton of injuries I know, man. Miami's there there, gotta lose a there was a back. decent amount last week too. Like, yeah. uh, like it really hurt. Even though I won my fantasy matchup, but mm-hmm. I'm on Ross St. Brown went down. Yeah, I was I was like, uh, man, I don't know if I'm gonna win this matchup. And without they kind of yo-yo that injury all week. They're like, he's gonna. Try I know to that's practice. what I'm saying. He's gonna try to play. He was and... he was off to the side at practice for mm-hmm. much of the week. Yeah, and so even though they they downgraded him to doubtful, right? He was still out there running and whatnot. So it was like, okay, well, he might have a chance, but very much it was like, let's pay attention to that ten thirty announcement. And then when it happened, it was like, okay, it, yeah, of course, yeah, it it hurt, it hurt, but I still won. 
And then you had uh, Cooper Cup come back, and everyone was, like, worried about Puka. Man, stop worrying about Puka. No, I I, I was telling people that, yeah, Puka will probably still get his touches. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're, I didn't think that Cooper was going to have that kind of game Five coming back. 55 on the first drive? Yeah, yeah. They, they gave him, I think, had 12 catches in the game. Yeah, I didn't think he would get that in, in his first game back, but I figured that – I figured Puka was still going to get his. Mm-hmm. Then all those people riding the A-chain ride, now that's ended. Oh, it's A-Chan now. Yeah, A-Chan now. He yeah. doesn't like the chain anymore. Yeah, now he injured his he injured his knee. Yeah, he's he's, he's on out IR. for a couple weeks. James Connor's out for a couple weeks. Justin Jefferson. Well, they're they're out. on IR, so they're yeah, at least they're four a weeks. Yeah, yeah, four weeks. That's tough. I threw a lot of money at that backup in Arizona because you know they're going to use him. Oh yeah, the De Mercado mm-hmm. kid. Yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah. use him. Yeah, there was a hundred francs on that guy at the waiver wire. Oh, he's. Probably going to he you know he's probably oh, gonna catch yeah. a ton of passes too. You know who my sleeper is for halfway through the season? Jalen Warren. Like they're I, eventually I gonna that. get smart in I Pittsburgh and get rid of that offensive coordinator. Yeah, Canada's and they're gonna go. be like, you know what, Najee Harris just ain't it. Jalen Warren's our guy, the Oklahoma State kid, I, great running back. I said that on Sunday. I was like, Jalen Warren is is better this year in PPR than Najee Harris is. Oh, yeah. He actually is ranked higher than yes. him for a PPR running back because he's catching a lot more passes than Najee Harris is. The AFC West, uh, thank you again for covering for me for the last two weeks or the next well, week and next yeah, week. Yeah, for this yeah. this coming Sunday. Unless you yeah. want to do it the rest of the year. Oh, we're good. 9 a.m. I ain't got, I, I can't just I can't just block out my weekends, yeah. my Sunday mornings like that the rest of the fall. It is a grind, though, isn't it? It is a grind. It Six thirty a.m. It the, wasn't the it wasn't prep. the time. The time wasn't yeah. issue. Is I had to prep throughout the week, so it was like it's four brutal. hours. It was four hours of prep for yeah, that it's show. Brutal. My girlfriend's like, "Why are you prepping so much for one hour?" I was like, you just don't "I was know. like, you just you just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. You just don't understand. This is a different kind of monster. Yeah. Like this, this is not like doing a talk show. Yeah, where it doesn't it doesn't take now that I've been doing it for like almost a decade. It doesn't right. take me that long to do show prep for a talk show, but for that show, yeah, it's a lot. I truly do believe the AFC West will be over in three weeks. You already have a three-game lead over Denver, a two-game lead over the Chargers and the Raiders. You will play, obviously, Denver, Chargers, Denver. You should not fear the Raiders. Last night, Jordan Love was just atrocious and basically handed the Raiders the game, and Josh McDaniel still tried to lose the game for the Raiders. Kicking that field goal, he's everything about him is a disaster. But when you look at what this division is, Broncos, they're done if you beat them Thursday. They're just, it's over. They're one in five. They cannot regroup. It's over. Then you move on to the Chargers where you'll play a nice 325 game. You'll play the Chargers. It'll be another one of those battles. If you then beat the Chargers, you have tiebreak over them. You go to six and one. You're six and one, and oh, by the way, you get the failing Denver Broncos again, which then you eliminate them. You're seven and one. You gain more wins in your division. You gain more wins overall in the AFC West or in the AFC picture. I never thought the Chiefs would lock up a division before week nine ever in my life. They will literally lock up the division before week nine if they do, in fact, win their next three games. This is really, really tough because. I could see the Chargers going on a run, but like that team is so flawed and their defense is so bad. Like their defense is so bad. Like I, I think I would not be shocked if they lost at really any team in the league. Um, but the thing, like obviously, yeah, Raiders done. Like the Raiders are not a good football team. I don't care mm. if they beat the Packers. They're, they're not a good yeah. team. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Like they're averaging like 16 points a game. They're not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Broncos are a lost cause worst defense in the league by far. 
And, I mean, they were already one of the worst defenses before they got 70 dropped on them. Yeah. I mean, the commanders ruined them in week one. Sam Howell. I mean, week two. Uh, and then, yeah, they obviously what happened with them with Tua and then, you know, then they they made Justin Fields look like a very good quarterback. That's, he might be all right. Yeah, he might, he might be all right, but he certainly didn't look that good in the first three right. weeks of the season. No. And I think part of that can be on, on whoever their OC is. <laughs> I don't even know who their OC is in Chicago, but he's not very Doesn't good. Matter. Uh, but I mean, look, this division has not been able to figure out the chiefs right. and they haven't been able to muster up a lot of other wins outside of outside of the division like that. There's a lot of attrition within it. And the only team I could see making any sort of challenges, the chargers. But the problem is, is, you know, it's kind of like uh, you ever play Mario Kart and you yeah. don't time the launch right. And it, it in your car, like, exp- you know, you had that little you kind of blow your engine a little bit. and You stall yeah. at the at the start of the race. It's kind of what the Chargers did with the way they started this year. Mm-hmm. And now you're going you're you're trying to catch up to a team that a has a pretty easy schedule over the next three weeks and really seems to be cruising right now. And because there's so many other flawed teams at the top of the AFC, it doesn't really look like a lot of teams are going to be able to really challenge the chiefs other than maybe the dolphins and the, and the bills. So right now the chargers are very much fighting an uphill battle. And because their defense is so bad, it's going to be really hard for them to keep up with the team of the chiefs that has a top 10 defense and offense. Yeah. It might be top five defense. Yeah. I think statistically they're seventh or eighth, mm-hmm. but like, I think for points, they are, they're, they're top five in points. They might All be top three matters. in points. All that matters. According to some, not DVOA, but according to some. Yeah, not DVOA. Um, yeah, yeah. That, they get a little bit more analytical. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you start using EPA D, per play yeah. and all that. Yeah, You get those percentage per yards, home games, away games. Anyway, But even defensively, they're still one of the best. Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful thing to see. On the other side, I want to talk a little Andy Reid because we do this every year, at least this program does. And I have to bring something up with Chris that maybe for the first time in our entire adult lives, he might say, you may be right. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.